1: Whoa! How about that? That is six eighty the fan with Chuck and Chernoff on your drive home. No theme for you. <laughs> uh, well, listen. You know what? It is what it is. We're trying our best, and that's all you can do every single day. Chuck and Chernoff till six on the fan and the fan mobile app. That means FM for all of you, I think. At ninety three seven, that means AM for all of you at six eighty, and then for a lot of you, you wisened up and gone the six eighty the fan mobile app route to stay connected all things going on there. All right, we have a lot to do. I have stuff on the Falcons uh, coaching staff. I've got uh, stuff on a big night in Hoops last night. I've got stuff from the Senior Bowl. Oh, my gosh. We ain't got time for intro music. Well, uh, that was apparent. It was very clear that we didn't have time for intro music. We also, at some point, have to get to our top stories. Now, typically, most shows would get to their top stories early, but we'll get to those coming up in a moment. First, let's start with the latest on the Falcons who continue to add to their coaching staff. Mike Garofalo reported today Falcons assistant head coach and defensive assistant Jerry Gray. He will remain with the team as a member of Raheem Morris's coaching staff moving forward. Gray assigned a contract extension to remain in Atlanta, and this makes some sense for a couple of reasons. Gray has tons of experience. You've got a new defensive coordinator in Jimmy Lake, so having that kind of um, experience next to you, that's a very big deal, so that will help. All told, to this point, Raheem Morris has now kept five assistants from the prior coaching staff, but he continues to add other pieces as well. This piece from Zach Klein, per NFL sources, Jay Rogers, expected to be the newest Falcon defensive line coach. He spent the last two seasons with the L.A. Chargers, and I will remind the audience Raheem Morris will be officially introduced Monday, at a press conference at Mercedes-Benz. We will carry the press conference live whatever time of day. That has not been announced, but we'll carry it on the fan. I am very intrigued and um, optimistic with some of these moves. Again, we told you Raheem Morris-Chuck in Tampa never got to pick his own staff. Well, he's getting to put his own staff together here, and it seems like a thoughtful process of some holdovers from Arthur Smith's staff to some pieces he wanted to bring with him.
2: Good combination as well when you figure in. It's because this is an asset. I mean, he's the head coach. Um, You figure in the experience and expertise of Raheem on that side of the ball. It's not like Jimmy Lake doesn't know what he's doing. That's part of why Raheem brought him here because he does know what he's doing. But as far as experience and in the league and calling plays and whatever and then having Jerry Gray, as you said. uh, So there's plenty of gray beard in the room.
1: There's also more pieces to the uh, coaching puzzle that need to be added here down the stretch. But you've got most of the core of what you're doing. You've got your offensive coordinator with the Zach attack with Zach Robinson, your defensive coordinator with the Lake front with Jimmy Lake. Uh, Marquise uh, Williams returns as the special teams coach, and now you're starting to put the position coaches in uh, order together. So all that uh, starting to now find its way into Raheem Morris's coaching staff. The Falcons, like the entire NFL, are down in uh, Mobile for the Senior Bowl with one exception. I know Washington's there. I don't know who's representing them. Everybody else in the league has a head coach. So today, Seattle announced Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator from the Ravens, will be their new head coach. He'll get a six-year deal. That was a spot that I had earmarked for Dan Quinn. I just thought that would have made sense. Instead, McDonald gets that gig, 36 years old. Some uh, sources actually refer to him as the defensive Sean McVay. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, youngest coach in the league now. Now it leaves only Washington. Uh, You're talking about Dan Quinn there, who had a second interview. Mike Vrabel. And maybe there's a surprise. I don't know. But it sounded like Washington was headed for what they thought was going to be Ben Johnson as their new head coach. And Ben Johnson, boy, the last 24 hours have not been kind to, to Ben Johnson. Not being described in a Josh McDaniels sort of a way, but in a. We got to be careful for the next round of openings that apparently this is the second time that Johnson has kind of pulled his name out of a running or backed out of Mm -hmm. what was initially negotiated. So here's the way the story goes on Ben Johnson, that initially the commanders thought they were talking about a four-year deal to make him their next head coach. But his side of things wanted to turn it into a six-year deal to match what the Panthers gave Dave Canales. He also wanted roster control over his offense, which it sounds like their new GM in Washington, Adam Peters, was not going to give him. So they never made a physical offer at that point. Ben Johnson just backed away and was like, I'm pulling my name out of the running. Maybe he wasn't interested in Seattle. And now Washington is scrambling to look at whatever the next option. Maybe that was Quinn or maybe that's Frable, but they're the only team right now searching for a coach.
2: Yeah. And if Dan Quinn, just because – I promise you at some point, remember what he did last year? It was, I'm taking my name out of consideration because I'm so excited about the future in Dallas. It was basically what Johnson did with Detroit. I want to win a Super Bowl. Uh, You take your name out when you think you're going to be left out. Imagine if he ever got that close this year of saying, no, it's not going to happen. So I'm just going to let's just talk about the future in Dallas. He may be last man standing and be head coach in the freaking league.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the way this is going now, you can also take odds on this, bet online has Mike Vrabel at plus 190 to be the next head coach in Washington, Dan Quinn at plus 600, Eric Bieniemy at 16-1, to 1. and Bill Belichick, even though they haven't talked to him, is 33-1. to 1. So if you want to bet the long shot, you can bet Belichick. So everybody else spoken for when it comes to coaches, which means now the offseason really turns to the draft and free agency once the Super Bowl is behind us. And with that in mind, Senior Bowl, day two. Practices continue from Mobile today. Day one was a lot to do with a certain Georgia receiver. Lad McConkey got a bunch of good press on his day one practice. And keep it in mind, we're talking about practice, not the, not, not the game, but practice. Lance Zerline and Eric Edholm of NFL.com put together their top five stars from day one of Senior Bowl practices, and they had lad number two on their list. Zerline wrote. If anyone was sleeping on Lad McConkey and what he's capable of heading into this week at the Senior Bowl, they aren't anymore. The Bulldog star is a thoughtful route runner who attacks defenses with a well-defined route plan. They said on Tuesday he was able to create separation left and right. His ability to uncover and make the tough catch should continue to day two in practice because he's proven he can do it on a consistent basis. Now, I will back that up by telling you Dane Brugler, who's one of my favorite draft guys, he's got a second-round grade on lad mcconkey which is kind of where i thought he would be all along i don't know if he'll get into the first that might be a little much but chuck i think people are going to be blown away when they see what he runs i think they're going to love him with his interviews i think you're going to get a glowing report from kirby smart so second round for lad i think is very much in play
2: how interesting that you get down to mobile and against the elite competition like he was at georgia it's elite competition to get on the field and then he was in the SEC, and then he was in the SEC championship game, and then he was in playoffs. So against the elitist competition possible the past two years, he wasn't just a receiver who put up some numbers. He was big, big play Lad McConkey. Um, so it's I don't know, people oh they're blown away. If you're surprised, don't be.
1: How you be surprised in the SEC? You know what this is. White guy. Yes, yeah, is this is oh he's Hunter Renfro. No, no, he's not. And that's not a shot at Hunter Renfro. The ceiling is a lot higher in everybody's eyes except b I didn't even hear him this morning, but somebody texted me and told me that b was crushing lad. Is that true? Oh, was he hating? I don't know. Is that, is that, Hello. A, is that a real thing? I don't, I don't know that. Hmm. The other uh, takeaway from day one in Mobile was Michael Penix sort of separating himself, at least in practice.
0: Big Penix energy!
1: From the yeah, other quarterbacks. Penix. Yeah, Penix. Big, big Penix. Penix. Uh, Penix's arm talent is what stood out on day one. We'll get all the day two stuff as it starts to trickle in later tonight. But they said Penix probably did open more eyes because some of the throws he made, his arm talent just looked different, they said, than Bo Nix. Sam Hartman, who played at Notre Dame, they said Penix also looked more comfortable taking snaps from center, more so than the others did, at least in that one practice. There were some plays at the end of the full-team session where Penix held the ball too long. He misfired on a couple of passes, but on the whole, he had a very strong day. And I mentioned him just the way I mentioned Bo Nix, that I don't know what their grades are. I saw one grade on Knicks was like 20, it was 23. One grade on Pennix was like 28. Those will keep climbing if they give any reason to have them move up top 15 or more.
2: Yeah, I don't know where the ranking on the big board is. I, he'll be a first-round draft pick. Uh, he might be the fourth quarterback, might be the fifth, but he'll be a first-round draft pick. He might be when you start talking top 15, 12 or 10 or whatever. Matt, wherever it is, I'm just going to say in the first round, I I, I don't think eight, but somebody's going to spend a first round pick in the NFL draft on a quarterback with two ACLs. Correct. Like yep. two torn yep. ACLs and it's because this is where we are, maybe this will be the guy that that will be our quarterback. What was it? The Colts spent the fourth or fifth overall pick on Anthony Richardson, who never played consistent ball in college. Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, but maybe.
1: Yeah, they were betting the upside and the potential and the skills and and all that stuff. So the weirdness for the Falcons at eight, the top three are most likely gone. The quarterbacks we all know. So now you're getting into this next group. I don't know if your board will have them as the eighth best players. That mean you won't take them. But I don't think the Falcons can depend on swinging back around to the second round and getting one of these quarterbacks if their goal is to draft one of them. I don't think you're going to go at 43 and expect one of these no. that we just mentioned. J.J. McCarthy is the one that like, none of us are super impressed with, but even he is probably going to rise just the way quarterbacks do. That I come back to my point. They might have to couple their second-round picks or take a second, a, another pick, to move up to the first round back in to get one of these quarterbacks to guarantee you get one and to get the fifth year.
2: Trade for Herbert so that uh, McCarthy can be drafted by Harbaugh.
1: Okay, what well, do we give him a fifth round pick? I like it. Uh, start Jim, working out a package, Jim. Listen, it's uh, it's Raheem. So we
2: would like your quarterback. The reason you took the job. All right, that's the guy we want to take from you right now.
1: And I know you guys like McCarthy. So what we'll do because uh, Herbert's expensive, we'll give you a fifth, and we'll throw in Clark Phillips the third. So you get a corner.
2: <laughs> I'm saying you could pay f- whatever it would cost. It's just a scenario. Maybe he wants his own quarterback. I don't know. And he doesn't. He wants Herbert. No, That's exactly. reason he took that job. Yes. But you got to consider all things. Yeah, you have to consider
1: all things. You like, do have no, to consider. Right. What would it take? How right. many? What? My guess is the response from the Chargers is he's not for sale. And you don't have enough to give us. If the Falcons were like, okay, don't say no. We'll offer you the eight. We'll give don't you- say no. No. We'll give you Desmond Ritter. We'll throw in a, uh, a, what do you think about Tyler Algier? We'll give you a corner, and they're like, we're still waiting for you guys to get to the good stuff. So, no, that's not something I think anybody would consider. Uh, we had a good hoops night last night, kind of a throwback in Atlanta, where there were a couple of big brands in town, two full buildings, some buzz around both. Let's start with the Hawks, who beat the Lakers, 138-122 at State Farm. Trey Young had another big night, 26 points, 13 assists. He shot it beautifully, six of nine from three-point range. But the assists are what I want to focus on because uh, this note came from Hawks PR. Trey Young dished out his 450th assist of the season, becoming the first player to reach that number in the league this season. Young is on pace to become the first player since Steve Nash from 2009 through 2012 to lead the NBA in total assists three straight years.
2: I had mentioned earlier – He had one in the first quarter, I think it was, where he's just like walking across the logo and just kind of heaves it up. And all of a sudden, Jalen appears out of nowhere and just throws down. Um, Very athletic, bendy uh, Bendy. kid. You like that word, bendy. He is just a stud, man. And and Jante had a moment, and they shot lights out, especially Mm -hmm. from three, especially early. And so they beat LeBron and the Lakers.
1: So you mentioned uh, Jalen, who went for 19 points, had 11 rebounds. Uh DeJounte looked engaged last night. That was nice. Twenty-four points. He had nine assists, so they got a win over a very mediocre Lakers team. LeBron AD. They didn't have A D. LeBron had twenty last night. He had nine rebounds, eight assists, but he still filled the building, which leads us into our top story. Chuck, what were you doing at two twenty six A. M.
2: Uh I wasn't looking online at this.
1: Well, then you missed. LeBron yeah. tweeting an emoji of an hourglass at 2.26 a.m. What does that mean? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I I think it's times running out, Wizard of Oz sort of stuff without the flying monkeys. Um, it could be insomnia. It could be. Oh, I know. Lack of, l-
1: lack of attention.
2: What vague emoji could I send out uh-huh. to have people in Atlanta guessing on the radio? Well, not Atlanta,
1: everywhere. If you go look at this, let me find this uh, tweet. So LeBron tweets I, this at 226, and he always knows what the response is going to be. People are going to start intimating. Is there a trade coming? Is LeBron thinking about retiring? Is, I don't know, his his cucumber, is it going to come off his eyes? Like, he's you know, you, you look rested. You want the cucumbers on the eyes.
2: It could be. Time's running out. I'm old. I'm 39, and I feel it, and I play back-to-back. AD didn't.
1: What is he, 10 years younger? Well, street clothes was out. Street clothes misses a lot of games. So 2.26 a.m., it got 20 million views, 8,000 people reposted it, another 7,000 quote tweeted it, it got 76,000 likes, for some reason, 1,500 people bookmarked it, not sure why you would bookmark it. Okay, he LeBron sent out hourglass. just
2: a picture of an hourglass, and it got more views emoji. than like every tweet I've, or emoji, Come on, what Chico. did I say? Nice.
1: You said picture. What are you doing?
2: Oh, picture. Okay. And it got more retweets and likes and favorites and views than every tweet maybe you've ever sent. Well, not me, but somebody, right? I mean, I have a pretty big what following. What did you say? How many
1: million? Uh, 20 million. 20, 20 million. million. I mean, I, I do pretty well. Uh, the Kid does okay on social media. Now, the f- responses right away, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer responded with eyeball emojis. Alex Kennedy responded with eyeball emojis. Like rolling eyes or like no. big oh-my-gosh eyes? Just the eye <gasps> Like the looking. I see you. Yeah, that <gasps> oh, one. Oh, right. all right.
2: right? Uh-huh. I think he was saying I'm old. It's Time's run out. I'm old, old, old. You're old. wasting time.
1: I'm telling you he's doing it because he's not getting talked about needs some attention.
2: I think he was on the jet and his dogs are barking.
1: My favorite response was from Eddie who wrote Kobe would never. <laughs> Facts. It just, never what? Never send out that ridiculous vague tweet a with
2: cartoon a cartoon hourglass oh, it's an emoji it's an emoji it's
1: not a cartoon it's just an emoji
2: well yeah a little cartoon picture
1: uh one person wrote come to the warriors daddy oh gosh yeah uh-huh um i'm trying to see if there's any other uh you just picture lebron like sitting at home just scrolling through oh, the emoji 100%. list which one will break the internet 100. does he pay for,
2: does he pay for an extra like the extra level where you no, unlock I don't think another so. 800 emojis
1: i think the oh no no i thought you meant like the loot check no 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 where cuz you can pay to
2: have like a whole i saw something like $1. 99 to get 800 right. more emojis
1: i've never seen this oh yeah, yeah yeah so you can pay for extra emojis yeah is the hourglass emoji not available on the t- like my iphone emoji options hold oh on. i
2: don't know let me see hold on i don't know
1: Let me get to the bottom of this. Let me see if there's an
2: hour.
1: Oh, there it is. Yeah, Yeah, there it it is. Yeah. Yeah. So So that was free. So Um, a lot more eye emojis. Um, Somebody wrote La Mystery. (laughs) Alex responded, you're a (laughs) Cav.
2: He's 39. He played like
1: 80 minutes within 20 four hours. He's a child. He really, he's just, this is what your 16-year-old daughter does when her boyfriend doesn't know if he's going to get broken up with or not. This is like, he's just, he put an hourglass. Okay. All right. There, oh, that was top story number one. That I wasn't. Apologize. That wasn't a top story. That was top, but we have, Chuck, we have three top stories. Oh my goodness. Lucky how, listeners. How exciting that do you, you have three top stories. Uh, top story number two. Travis Kelsey will not be attending the Grammys with Taylor Swift due to Super Bowl schedule conflicts. That was top story number two. That that sounds like the beginning of the end, and a, and a boyfriend is not supportive.
2: But the she, Sunday night before the Super right. Bowl when the team was already in Las Vegas.
1: I don't think they're in Vegas yet. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think the Chiefs go in until the beginning of next week. What I'm telling you here is this is a choice. Oh. That Travis is not being the supportive boyfriend the way she schleps to Buffalo. Oh, she's, she's in feeling- Baltimore. Taylor, I don't need no clinging vine. She's everywhere, and all, all she says is, Travis, it's the biggest night of the year. This is my Super Bowl. Can't you be there on my arm to be my eye candy, and they can show you when I win my awards? And Travis is like, no, my job and my life is more important than yours. Taylor, I'm feeling pressure. This is how it all, this is how it all ends. We need to talk about where we are. Well, I mean, again, is, is her lifestyle and her career not as important as his? They're having that conversation right now. And I'm sorry I have to be the one to break this to everybody, but that's where, this is where the cracks in the wall begin. Well, here is the big difference. She might not even show up at the Super Bowl now.
2: That came the out Super of her Super Bowl, it happens every year. It doesn't happen with you every year. If Taylor Swift were to burp into a microphone, it could be released and the liner notes would be nominated for a Grammy. So she will have the Grammys every year no matter what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All
1: right, uh, third top story. A horse tested positive for meth. That's our third top story. All right, let's get to it. I still want to our... know, like, how did the horse ingest, like, what? Uh, carefully? How, how did he take the meth? I don't know. I've never done meth. So I've, now the options I've heard, brownies? We, we smoke or inject. Is that what do we do with the meth? I don't think you can make meth into brownies. Okay, so what is typically the only options are then smoking it or... He can't smoke you it. He could, doesn't have a thumb. You could probably make it into a liquid and then inject it. I'd imagine. I don't think the horse is like lighting it up himself. I'm saying you could, in theory, the spoon. You know. Yeah, you could. He'll take the spoon. He's dumb. Like if he opens his mouth, he thinks he's getting oats or something in its mouth. Oh, horrible. horrible, horrible, horrible. All right, our fourth top story. News that broke out of Athens, Georgia: Football will sell beer to all fans at Sanford Stadium this fall. How about those apples right there? Oh, not just the rich people who pay the extra money. Nope, nope, Wasn't nope. Wasn't
2: that what they were doing? Like if you had, you were in the special club area. I think yeah, if I think. you were
1: in sweet access or yes. you know, some of those uh, highfalutin played No, but now Jim everybody Pop can get some suds. I think of the more money, more money, more money it's not just
2: free money it is a different crowd but it's a lot a lot of money when you have seven home games and you average i don't know 93 per home game Mm -hmm. um that's a lot a lot of money and that's a lot of
1: beer to your fans somewhere that's that's, it's not just free money somewhere brian hoyt is unhappy that he doesn't feel the need that he can sneak in booze anymore
2: yeah, well, the that idea is gonna
1: hit you still later. need to, bro. Those lines are crazy. First of all, don't bro me. Number one, That's number two, you don't have to bro me. Number one, number two, just knowing it's available to even if you do sneak it in, it doesn't have the same kind of like feel of like I am trying to get away with something. It's available if I want to wait in a line.
2: How can there be such a line for a sixteen ounce can of Bud Light
0: when South Carolina added it? Dude, the lines forty minutes you are waiting in that thing. Mm-hmm.
1: That's everywhere. Right? That's uh, now. I do like. Where were we? Where they had I, the, the mobile. Where, where did we go when they were bringing beer to our seats?
2: You know what they need? Matt, you've ever been, I don't know, American oh, we, Pie way back in the day? You walk on. into the sports bar where you got the girl with, like, the tub of ice and the beer for $5 a can? Right. Put
1: her at the Georgia games. We were at Wrigley Field. We did the mobile ordering. It was awesome. Brought us our grub, our our beer. It was perfect. Awesome. Oh, they had the baseball. They had the beer bats. It was great. Yeah, they had the beer bats, but now it did take a few minutes, but you didn't have to miss any of the game. You didn't have to wait in line. That mobile ordering's genius. That's wonderful. So that's the news out of Athens. so four top stories, Chuck. That's a lot of top stories. All right, back to the show that was already in progress. So I told you it was a busy night last night for the Hoopers. Hawks win over the Lakers. Down the street, Georgia Tech beat North Carolina. And there was some significance to that win, not specifically to this season. But the Jackets won 74-73. They got a Nate George running layup for the win. And then I think there was a a foul on the other end. But they didn't call it. (laughs) So it had some Thriller Dome vibes to it. Uh, Kelly Quinlan pointed out, Georgia Tech's last win over a team ranked number three or higher happened March 12, 2005. That was a three-point win over North Carolina in the semis of the ACC tournament in Washington. I want to say... There might have been like a Jarrett Jack shot or something that was a part of that one. Tech's last win over a top three ranked team in the regular season happened March 3rd, 2004. That was an eight point road win at Duke. A minute. Oh, here's something. Here's two minutes. Tech's last win over a team ranked three or higher at home happened January 12th, 1994. They beat number one North Carolina 89 69. I was. A junior in high school the last time they pulled something like this off. He's coaching defensive line at South Gwinnett. Oh, you're old. I mean, that's clearly what that is. Uh, and congratulations, because Georgia Tech sold that game out of McCamish. First sellout since January 8th, 2020.
2: Big time look to it. And as you said, uh, a made shot, and then I'll call it defense. Uh, maybe it I'm, I'm, was a bump. I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, but they get a big win. And for a team that had not been playing well, uh, good for them.
1: So, Jackets uh, have two wins this year over, (laughs) they have a win over Duke and a win over North Carolina, right? So, Damon Stoudemire has that under his his hat already, the win over the uh, Blue Devils and a win over the Tar Heels, but yet they're only 10 and 11, (laughs) and 3 and and 7 in the the ACC. Damon became the third first-year ACC head coach in the last 30 years to beat Duke and Carolina in his debut season, that per ESPN Stats and Info. And we discovered the other two were Sydney Lowe. And I said, I don't know who Kevin Keats is. Cullen told me he's the current head coach at NC State. <laughs> I didn't even know who that is. Kevin Keats? I still thought it was Herb Sendek.
2: <laughs> and Sydney Lowe. And if you would have given me 25 guesses, oh I would God. have never gotten Sidney Lowe, ever. Kevin Keats? Uh-uh. Like I,
1: God, I miss when I cared about college basketball. I really do. Tonight, I know a lot of Georgia fans will be caring about the dogs. They're going to host Bama. At the Stag tonight at 6.30, Georgia needs this win bad, bad, badly as they try to improve on their resume to make the NCAA tournament. And I'm glad we're having the conversation about them needing to improve their resume, which means they're having a good year. Mike White's team needs quad one wins. And this would be a big, big dub if they can get it. Then they'll play Red Hot South Carolina, who's like 18-3. and Then they'll play a pretty good uh, Miss State team on the road. They need to stack. Quality wins. They had a chance against Tennessee, had a chance to steal one against Florida. Here's their chance to get one against Bama. Again, they, they need a run of these.
2: Credit to where the conversation is in that it's a, a – they really need this win as you enter February, and it's not to save the coach's job or avoid the last seed in the tournament. Um, it's you know to have, have to play the extra game early. Uh, it's to make a
1: run at the actual tournament, the one you care yeah. about. So – Credit to White. Yep, the White Walkers are getting it done. Uh, I want to play one round of trivia with you. Okay. So we know Detroit was, they were so close to their first ever Super Bowl appearance. So I saw this breakdown from NFL stats. This is the last year each team made the Super Bowl. Okay. So you know the four teams that have never made it. Those are easy. Those are the biggest losers. Those are?
2: Uh, we're counting Cleveland, even with an NFL championship, right? Yep. Okay. Um, oh gosh, run through them, Matt.
1: Gotta be Jags in there. Jags, Texans, Lions, Browns. Those are the biggest losers. All right. Then you've got the teams who have not made the Super Bowl this century. These are the next group of losers. Cowboys haven't made it since 96. Chargers since 95. Bills since 94. Washington since 92. The Dolphins since 85. The Vikings since 1977. And, of course, the New York Jets since 1969. So those are the next group of losers.
2: You, you wouldn't believe that the Dolphins for about a 15-year period were as gold standard as anybody in the league. And the Vikings had about a 15-year period. They went to four Super Bowls in like seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, never won any of them. But those franchises, and you look at it now and go, it's been damn near half a century since the Minnesota Vikings have appeared in the Super Bowl. Um, you You would think at some point it comes around your turn.
1: Yeah, you would hope, right? So, as a Falcon fan, and we do a lot of whining and complaining, and that's their fault, not ours. At least, and I can say that, at least I've had two Super Bowl Sundays. I wish both had ended differently, but I've had the weeks leading up to it. I've had the game. I wish that game in 2017 would have ended in 2018. We've dreamed about that forever. All right, doggy. Point is, I've had those, right? There are fans that I just gave you Browns, Lions, Texans, Jags, never. Jets fans in a lot of cases weren't alive. Neither were the Vikings or the Dolphin fan that just don't know this. So at least we have that going. Now, speaking of Mad Dog Russo, Chuck, I think if we're going to end and finally close the book on what happened to Detroit against San Francisco and all the argument back and forth of whether Campbell should have kicked the field goals, followed the analytics, been aggressive, gone for the fourth downs, everybody's weighed in. But if we're going to close the book on that discussion and really feel it's time to move on to super bowl preview we've got to let mad dog weigh in on what dan campbell did
0: oh campbell, what are you doing <laughs> we know you're a nice guy you represent each four all know that nonsense that was as hideous a performance in both and play as i've ever seen <laughs>
1: Gosh, it. there you go mad dog caps it running out of breath <laughs> screaming at campbell what are you doing there was a part earlier in the in the clip that I cut out where he mentioned Otto Graham not kidding something to do with uh, the way it used to be and coaches and this and that so it gets so excitable that it turns into sort of a it's sort of a spit at the end oh there's a lot of spit I guarantee if you're a floor manager for first take you've been spit on because he, he walks right up to the camera.
2: It's about two words, word and a half too long, mm-hmm. like more than he has breath for, but he has to finish out and stick the landing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he'll run <laughs> as- exactly. You can't stop and then say the final two
1: words and punch it. You can't do that. I do like how he did catch his breath, the throw in a gush, darn it, at the end. That, to me, was out of breath. <sighs> Let me just get this in.
0: and then started. There you go. He moved on. It's time to wing it, presented by WNB Factory, serving up Atlanta's best wings and burgers with over 60 locations. Find yours at
1: WNBFactory.com. We've been taking your wing it and idea answers at the Harris Cherokee Casinos Twitter feed. Now we had played a clip earlier for the uh, two o'clock audience of Alex Anthopoulos being asked at Braves Fest, which you can hear all of our Braves Fest interviews and content on the uh, mobile app on the website. He was asked if he would ever consider bringing jerks, yeah, jerk, into the Braves locker room, Braves clubhouse, and he said it's just not something because you know we want to get better, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, mess up the culture and the chemistry. So we asked you who's a jerk. Mine was Sean Payton. I mean, that like look up jerk in the dictionary. There's Sean's face, and I think he embraces it. Uh, Fact Sports said uh, Angel Hernandez. Okay, uh, Lance went with the. Brian Hoyt, but he said he's our jerk, so it's okay. And he posted the picture of Hoyt looking pregnant. More of a douche than a jerk. I would agree more douche than jerk, but he has jerk in him. He does. Uh, Rob went with Jameis Winston. See, I don't think Jameis is a jerk. D- he's douche. a goofball. Yeah. Um. Oh, KO said, who's ever running your board right now? They weren't happy with the rough beginning to the 5 o'clock segment. Well, that was not me. I know. Uh, then DM gave us uh, Danny Ainge, John Rocker, Pete Rose, and Brett Favre. Uh, A-Rod got a vote. Kyle Shanahan and Urban Meyer have gotten several votes. Bob Petrino's gotten several votes. Brian Kelly's gotten his share of votes. That caught me off guard. Uh, some other radio members of uh, the Atlanta sports community. <laughs> you kind of get the idea where that's going. Yeah. You, you can, <laughs> I didn't say who. Oh. Send your answers to the Harris, Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. Who is a jerk?